on one hand, you feel more fulfilled, but on the other hand, moment to moment, you're actually probably feeling exhausted and a bit disgruntled and a bit over it. Welcome to today's podcast episode. It's a solo one and I'm going to be chatting with you about the parenthood paradox. Now, if you are not a parent, sit tight. I think that you will still find value in this podcast episode because even if you don't have children yourself, whether that's because you are child-free by choice or just because it's not been the right timing, I still think there's value in listening to today's episode because you will have parents in your life in one way or the other, whether you have really close friendships with parents or just that you have parents in your life as co-workers in kind of a tangential way, you're going to come across parents and you also have your own parents, I'm sure. So anyway, I remember hearing about this study years ago, and I'm sure I heard about it in a podcast episode, and I have referenced it in so many conversations in real life. Just recently, like this weekend, we had friends over who have kids, and we were chatting about this very concept. And I think it's one of those concepts that we do need to talk about because as parents, there can be this pressure on us to always feel fulfilled, right? To always be like, oh, It is so satisfying to be a parent, and overall it can be, but often moment to moment, parenting feels like an uphill battle. It's not all sunshine and rainbows, and it's also not all battles, (laughs) but you do have so many moments throughout your day as a parent where you just think like, why? Why is this so hard? What am I doing? What like what even is this? There are so many different pressures resting on your shoulders as a parent. And I've spoken about this with Brendan as well. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So I wanted to chat with you about it. So the parenthood paradox or the U-shaped curve of happiness is another way to describe it. But basically there was a study done. The research uh, delivered some interesting data when it comes to happiness and parenting. Now I'm pretty sure that this study in particular was done with a wide variety of parents and it was about self-reporting. But anyway, the research 
uh, involved analysing large-scale surveys and examining the happiness levels of individuals before and also after they became parents. The findings indicated that on average, parents reported higher overall life satisfaction and happiness compared to individuals who did not have children. However, when it came to moment-to-moment experiences, parents reported experiencing more negative emotions and higher levels of stress. So it basically suggested that while parents can experience a greater life satisfaction and that deeper sense of purpose and fulfillment in a like a long-term sense, day-to-day experiences are filled with challenges, stresses, emotional fluctuations, factors like sleep deprivation, uh, the financial pressure, especially right now, I'm sure if they did this study again, the financial pressure of raising children, juggling work, uh, the demands like of just caregiving. Because as you know, if you've got kids, as you know, if you don't have kids, I'm sure you just never clock off fully. Even when they're not with you, you don't really clock off. Uh, There's always that omnipresent sense of responsibility and duty and also love and care as well. So all of these things really go towards that momentary uh, experience of happiness. So what I found interesting about this is like this kind of paradoxal, you know, on one hand, you feel more fulfilled, but on the other hand, moment to moment, you're actually probably feeling exhausted and a bit disgruntled and a bit over it. I find that so interesting. And I think I find it interesting because it sums up parenting, right? On one hand, it is the best thing. And on the other hand, it is the hardest, most challenging, exhausting thing you will ever do. And I just found that really fascinating. And I guess, you know, when you don't have kids and you have conversations with people, you kind of tend to go one of two ways, I think. You sort of tell yourself, oh, we'll never have a child that makes us feel that way. Like That's like a little lie you tell yourself. You perpetuate this belief that you'll do things differently and your family unit won't be exhausted and you won't struggle as a parent. Or you get really caught on the hard stuff, because that's what people will tell you a lot of the time. You know, if you're sat down and a mum is saying, I'm exhausted, I'm all of these things, you get a bit stuck on the fear of how much your life will actually change when you do become a parent yourself. And that can become a real block. But then we're not having the bigger conversation about, yes, it's hard, it's exhausting, sleep deprivation is soul destroying, all of those things. And it can actually give you a greater sense of purpose overall. So there's also this concept, which is the U-shaped curve of happiness. And this indicates that parental happiness tends to sit a little lower during the early years of child rearing when kids are younger and more demanding. And it gradually increases as children become older and as they get more independence for themselves. Of course, though, everyone's experience is so different. I can't tell you the amount of times I've been in a social situation and I've said, oh my gosh, if I could pop a child out at two years old, I would have four more. Honestly, hand on my heart, if I could wave a wand and have my next child be delivered 
obviously you don't want to give birth to an 18 month or a two year old, but you know what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I found the newborn stage so incredibly challenging. And there will invariably be someone else close by who will pipe up and say, no, I love the newborn experience. Newborns are the best. They just feed and sleep and they stay where you put them. They don't run away like toddlers. So it really depends on so many things, like your own personal, uh, like just your own personal preference. What is it that you enjoy? Where are your skill sets strongest? You know, for me, I felt like my skill set was definitely strongest when the boys were toddlers because I felt really naturally well-equipped to handle a lot of the trials and tribulations of toddlerhood and I had an ability to be able to zoom out and kind of see what was going on and focus on the bigger picture for the most part. Uh, and I was very invested in the toddler brain, understanding what's happening. Whereas newborns, I can remember having days like looking at the boys and of course, loving them. You know, why do we always feel like we have to really go hard on that? Like, of course, I'm happy. And of course, I'm grateful. Hashtag grateful, all of those things. But I definitely found that stage to be a lot more mechanical in some ways for me. And of course, having two is different. And of course, there are all of these other personal experiences that get layered on top of your own kind of personal skill set. Like I think that the fact the boys went straight into special care and I was discharged without them and all of those things also uh, come into play here. But I just know as someone who's nearly been a parent for 10 years, I definitely loved the toddler years. So this U-shaped curve of happiness, it's focusing on how typically parents do find it harder, which makes sense because you're going through this massive transformation when you become a parent. And so for anyone who is listening and they are right in the thick of that right now, you're overwhelmed with a toddler and a newborn and you're just thinking like, when will I ever feel like myself again? Just know it will happen. This can be a very chaotic season and that U-shaped curve of happiness will swing back around and you will find your feet and things will start to improve. It's also worth mentioning that there has been other research that's provided different perspectives on parental happiness, of course, and there's always ongoing debate and discussion in the field. Parenting experiences are multifaceted and they cover such a wide range of emotions and circumstances. So I think it's important that we mention, of course, like with Google, you can find anything that you want to find to support what you believe on Google. There are so many studies like that as well, but I found this kind of like parental paradox, this parenthood paradox study really comforting in a way because it described what I know to be true as my experience and during conversations with so many other women, like I have spoken to so many parents and when I talk with them about this, like this whole concept of like, oh, moment to moment, it is actually harder. But overall, you have this sense of pride and investment and unconditional love, of course, as cheesy as it sounds. Now, all of that is certainly not to say 
that I think you need to have children to have a fulfilling life. I do not believe that and I have never believed that. I have never been a person who thinks, oh, if someone is child-free by choice or if they are child-free by circumstance or childless, if they prefer that terminology, I have never once thought, oh, wow, how sad that they are missing out on this thing, this secret experience that's going to change their life. Now, of course, if someone is childless, and they desperately want to have a child, my heart breaks for them. That yearning, that challenge, that struggle, and that is a different conversation. But I guess I wanted to touch on that because I don't want anyone to think, oh, well, if I don't have kids, I'm not going to have a fulfilling life. Career, relationship, friendships, life experiences. Like honestly, without children, you can go and have a pretty wonderful life, an incredibly wonderful life. Now, when it comes to some of the things that are really challenging for parents, some of the top uh, issues that have been highlighted include balancing all of the responsibilities, like juggling work, the mental load and the actual physical load of the domestic Uh, like the domestic load, because there's so many things that we have to think about and actually do can be super, super overwhelming. There's a really great book by Eve Rodsky called Fair Play. And in that book, Eve, in a very, very user-friendly way, talks about breaking down that mental load of all of the tasks that you are likely carrying and it's feeling so heavy if you are a parent because you're carrying this load for the whole household. You are thinking about everyone else. And Eve gets like into the real, like the real fine details of sitting down and having a conversation with your partner, if you have one, about actual equal division. Who is going to do what? Right down to like, okay. If we are invited to a birthday party, who is going to buy the birthday present and wrap the present? It's all of that sort of stuff. I know everyone listening right now will relate to this. From the moment your feet hit the floor of a morning, there is like just this running diatribe of all of the things you have to do or all of the things that are weighing heavily on your mind. I swear from the moment I just get up and walk to the bathroom of a morning, I've already like mentally clocked 20 things at least, if not more, that I need to dedicate some sort of time and attention to. So just know that if you are struggling with balancing responsibilities, you are not alone. And perhaps sitting down and actually going over tasks and responsibilities and dumping everything out that you are thinking about if you have a partner, could be helpful in terms of, you know, it would depend on how willing and capable they are to jump in and help out. I even hate that language of help out. I hate that because it's not helping. It's just doing their fair share. Time management is another one because of all of the things that we have to do. And I think That is why so many of us rely on having a routine. And I know the word routine can make some people feel a bit prickly. It's like, no, my baby's not a robot. I don't want a routine. But over so many years of chatting with families who have babies in particular, when I describe a routine as a rhythm, it seems more palatable. Like a lot of us have a similar rhythm to our day because we have found a way that works. But what I want to suggest to you is that you take a moment today to consider Is this rhythm, is this routine really working for me 
and my family. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Not just is this working for my family, is this working for me? Do you need to sit down and have a think about how you can carve out some more time and space for yourself? Now, for some people, carving out time and space could mean an hour each day. For other people, it could mean five or 10 minutes of a bit of self-care sitting in the car. You know, once you've arrived home before you go inside, there's something very healing about just taking a beat before you walk indoors sometimes. So time management can be something that people are really struggling with. And if you happen to have some neurodivergence like ADHD, that can be a real struggle as well. A lot of people with ADHD have something that they call time blindness, where they really struggle to estimate how long it's going to take them to complete a task or how long it's going to take to arrive somewhere. I think that I overcompensate because maybe I have a touch of that. So what I mean by that is, for example, right now on my laptop, as I'm recording, I can see it is 10 past seven. Now, if I said to Brendan, what time is it? He would say it's seven, <laughs> like, or it's just after seven. But I see 10 past seven and I automatically round up and it's 7.30 to me. So I don't know whether that's just been something that like I have kind of developed to avoid being late because I always feel like such a disappointment when I'm late. I put a lot of pressure on myself to respect other people's time. And so that's interesting, I guess, as a side note. But time management can be really tricky. And if you happen to struggle with like perfectionism, that can be awful as well because you just never have enough time in the day to get everything right. So if you're kind of nodding along as I'm chatting today about time management, maybe you'd like to get a third party involved to help you work out where you're spending time and how you can minimize it. You might not even need a third party. I say minimize, but manage, I guess. You might not even need a third party. Something that you could do is keep a time log for a week. So what that means is for a whole week, hour to hour, you self-report how you are spending your time. And then at the end of those seven days, you sit down and you Honestly, look at the data that is in front of you. It is shocking sometimes when you do this exercise because you will look at what you have self-reported and realize, oh my goodness, I am spending eight hours a week watching TV or I am spending eight hours um, on the phone to a friend who is going through something really hard. Now, I am not saying that that is a bad use of time. I think Brendan and I would probably clock eight hours of TV time across a week for sure, right? Like an hour or so each night after the kids are in bed. But what it tells you is this is what you are prioritizing 
And there will be things in that time log that you're totally comfortable with. For example, I am comfortable that at the end of each day, we spend an hour or so watching TV. But at least then you've got that data. Because if you say, realize you're watching 20 hours of TV a week and also trying to start a business and trying to study and trying to whatever else it is, that can just be a real reality check. And we all need a reality check. I know I need a reality check often. It's very human to get focused on what is going on as our own experience and not take a beat and go, oh, hang on, I need to zoom out. And hopefully your loved ones can do that for you in a loving and respectful way. But you can do it for yourself as well. And keeping a time log can be truly helpful. Now, the other thing parents tend to struggle with is discipline and behavior management. Just a big exhale. It's hard. It is hard to know sometimes how you should and how you want to respond to your children. This is when I would encourage you, if you are struggling with discipline or behavior management, I really invite you to set aside some time, create space in your week to talk with someone about this. Don't stay stuck in that loop of not knowing what you want to do. Often as parents, we don't even know what we want to do, or it's a really abstract concept. So you might think to yourself, okay, when it comes to discipline, I really want to be the sort of parent who treats the root cause and doesn't focus so much on the symptom. But if you don't actually have a plan for that, if you don't understand what that means, then you're probably not going to be able to action it very well because when you are in that scenario where the symptoms, and in this term, what I mean by symptoms, I mean the behavior that is, you know, when your child's acting out, that can be so triggering and you get flooded with emotions and you just can't think or feel clearly. So setting some time aside and you know, working out what do I want to do and how do I educate myself to be able to do that? Is it doing a parenting course? Is it reading a book? Is it um, watching YouTube tutorials? Whatever it is, but give yourself some actual plans, some stepping stones that you can take or at least try, at least try to take. That might be able to take some of the pressure off. Some of the other struggles include providing emotional support, which can be very challenging as well. And this, you know, it's all interlaced together, isn't it? Because it's hard to provide emotional support to your child when you yourself are exhausted because of everything that you have to do. It's hard to provide emotional support to your child when you don't have the time available or the education to do so. And I don't say that in the way of, oh, you're not educated, you don't know what to do. But I mean, no one primes us for parenting in the way of saying, okay, when your child acts this way, this is what's going on. We're all just out here winging it unless we do actually set aside that time and have resources available to learn a little bit more and to be a bit more understanding. We also have so much of our own programming that shows up in parenting as well. 
So sometimes a blockage to providing emotional support to your child or children is due to the emotional blockage you have with yourself and your own childhood. And maybe the way that you actually better yourself in terms of being able to provide that emotional support and guidance to your children comes in the form of you looking after yourself and doing your own self-work. Now, of course, developmental stages are tough as well. Teething, tantrums, puberty, hormones, all of the things. So these are just some of the most challenging things parents are reporting that they're facing in their parenting journey. So I'm pretty sure with that uh, parenthood paradox as well, the self-reporting was done moment by moment. So what that means is like at any given moment, they received a prompt, like parents received a prompt and they had to report back their happiness level. And I think about that a lot. You know, I think about that a lot in the middle of the night. If one of the boys has a nightmare and I'm up and I'm soothing him, I think, yeah, moment to moment, I'm not super happy about this, but I know overall it is going towards fulfillment and satisfaction and it's part of that love bundle. So anyway, I just wanted to have this chat with you today in case there's someone right now sitting at that very early start of parenting and thinking, Is this going to get easier? Am I going to get to know myself more? Yes, you absolutely will. As always, I truly appreciate you listening to the podcast today. If you enjoy this style of solo podcast episode, please do let me know. I really appreciate it if you do jump over and leave a comment or slide into the DMs or leave a five-star review if you enjoyed today's podcast episode. I will chat with you very, very soon. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.